Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to The Spill, your daily pop culture fix. I'm Melissa Mason. And I'm Laura Brodnick. Hello. Hello. It's a very (laughs) exciting day. This is my most exciting days of the year. I'm such a nerd. I am too. I think this year particularly because I've been watching a lot more TV thanks to doing The Spill, (laughs) but also just generally I've been doing more entertainment writing in my job and I knew all the shows this year. So yes, obviously we're talking about the Emmys. I feel like we just went off on our like nerdy tangent (laughs) You guys should know. (laughs) But yes, the Emmys were announced today and while some women in in Hollywood will be having a well-deserved celebration. We'll get into that. There were also some notable and disappointing snubs, unfortunately. But first, we've got the entertainment news headlines of the day. I have news. What's the hot gas? I want more headlines. So last night was a big one for Australian reality TV with two big finales taking place. Thoughts and prayers with all the news editors who were up late last <laughs> night. So first up, we had the finale of MasterChef, Fans vs. Favourites. So Billy McKay, who won season seven back in 2015, made history during last night's episode when she beat out season six star Sarah Todd to become the first person to win the cooking competition twice. And in a very similar turn of events, it sounds like we're in a weird simulation that glitched <laughs> last night. It accidentally put two historic things on one night. Reggie Bird was crowned the winner of Big Brother Australia 2022 last night, defeating newcomers Taras and Johnson in a public vote. So the mother of two from Queensland won $250,000. And of course, Reggie, who's a very beloved housemate in the franchise, famously also won the third season of Big Brother back in 2003, where she also took home $250,000. So she She's the first person in the world to win the series twice, which is very impressive. Although she's since given a lot of interviews where she's talked about the fact that she doesn't have that original prize money. She lost it through a series of unfortunate events and both she and her family have had some health issues. So she was very overcome and emotional last night to win again. And we'll actually link Mia Friedman's No Filter interview with Reggie that she did because she goes back through her whole story. And I think once you listen to that, it'll make you even more excited that she won Big Brother last night. Well, Cameron Diaz is making a return to Hollywood and because of this, she's back in the headlines again as she does the publicity rounds. Talking about her long and storied career, Cameron was candid about why she quietly stopped acting, telling CBS Mornings she wanted to step back and sort of take a look at her life and the areas where she could be more engaged and therefore feel more whole. And it's really been interesting to read her take on Hollywood because she talks about it like it's a demanding job, which I guess it is. And it's like anyone's demanding job, particularly the way she's talking about it. Like she was asked about whether she missed it and she said it's a different lifestyle and you kind of have to be ready to do that. And it's, I don't know, I guess it's just like I forget that actors 
are doing jobs the same way we would do a job. Like they're dealing with the juggle of life. They've, you know, often got kids at home or family life and friends that they're trying to like keep a balance around all of that. Like I think we just look at it like, oh, this is so glamorous. Oh, we're on a set. And it is glamorous. And she talks about that. Yeah, I was going to say, I still think it's a bit glamorous. I guess the difference with filming like a movie and like especially all those big back-to-back movies like she used to do is that you are picking up your life and going somewhere for six months and living on a movie set and working from like eight in the morning till 10 at night Mm. in this really intense situation and then maybe not working for months. So I guess it is. I mean, I know what you're saying. It's hard to feel sad for like glamorous people who are getting paid millions of dollars (laughs) to do fun things, but it is an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, it is. And I think that she really talked a lot about the balance stuff and she made this reference, like she kind of doesn't specifically reference it, but I'm deciding that she is. It's my favorite life concept of the pie chart. Her quote is, everybody only has 100% and you always have to figure out how you're going to divide that 100% to spread it to all the parts of your life that matter. I feel like this is just what I struggle with at all times in my own life. And it's I think it's just weird to think of celebrities, even with their nannies and their cooks and their personal trainers, still having that pie chart and still having to divide up their energy to where they feel it matters, you know? And I guess she never actually formally announced. Well, I guess she did. She said she was stepping away. But I think that that narrative around any kind of high-profile actress, like leaving Hollywood and quitting acting, mm. is always an interesting story to tell because it sounds so scandalous. Even though she hadn't, like, disappeared, she was just sitting with Benji Madden in their mansion yeah. with their daughter who's called Radix, which I'm obsessed with. I always with. think it's Radix Maddox for some reason. <laughs> Me too. I say Radix Maddox, but it's Radix Madden, which yeah. is not as cool, unfortunately. And she's just making her natural wine. Like, I'm obviously excited to see her back on screen because she's, yeah. like, you know, she's an interesting actress to watch. But I'm just loving her back doing the publicity trail, I think. Because yes. Because she always comes up with a wild story, even yes. if it's a very mundane interview. Yes. Well, her latest wild story that everyone's talking about is so she went on the Second Life podcast, which is helmed by Hilary Kerr, who's behind like Who, What, Where. Oh, yes. I do love that podcast. Yes. Because I love people saying like, and then my career tanked and then I did this. I mean, it's all famous rich women mostly, but still. I still love it. to hear rich women like failing yeah. and then rising it's again. Like pretty failure. Maybe I it's can like, also easy failure to like listen I don't get upset about it yeah exactly but yeah look so she tells this absolutely wild story back in the 90s when she was a model she went to Paris to work but she actually got no opportunities like she says she did not work once in an entire year in Paris until this one shoot weirdly booked in Morocco it was before like TSA or anything like that. It was, it was like early 90s. <laughs> and they gave me a suitcase that was locked that had my costumes in it, quote unquote, uh-huh. air quotes. And when I got there, the guy was like, whose suitcase is this? Can somebody open it? And I was like, literally, I just all the calculations in my head went running back of like, <laughs> what the fuck is in that suitcase? I'm like this blonde hair, blue eyed girl in Morocco. It's the nineties. I'm wearing torn jeans and platform boots and like my hair down. And it's like, I'm, I'm like, this is really unsafe. I was like, I don't know. It's not mine. I don't, I have no idea who's it. <laughs> that was my only job I ever got in Paris. So she doesn't really finish that story entirely, but it sounds like they either didn't find anything in the suitcase or they didn't associate the bag with her. But like, wild. Her whole life could have taken a completely different direction from that. I have so many questions for her as a follow-up for that interview. And one of them is, how did you live in Paris for a year if you didn't work a day (laughs) in your life? I guess that's neither here nor there. And how did you end up potentially transporting drugs? Or maybe she just left that bit out. But yeah, that interview in particular, a few weird things came up. Because she also, they were talking about, you know, how it's such a big mythology story around how she got her first acting job. Mm. And like the story's always been, that I'm sure I've heard her tell in interviews, or at least 
like, you know, she's told journalists this story that when she got her first big role in The Mask opposite mm-hmm. Jim Carrey, and that was her great big breakout, movie. Well, great movie. And the story was always that she was like this really successful, although apparently not according to this interview, <laughs> um, blonde, beautiful actress who went into her agent's office and somehow saw the script for The Mask on their desk and grabbed mm. it and said, like, I want to be in this movie. And everyone's like, oh, she's such a go-getter. But in this interview, she's like, oh, yeah, I never thought I'd be an actress. I was always just a model and my agent pushed me and I auditioned so many times. And I was like, Cameron Diaz, what is the truth? Yeah, which story? The whole <laughs> mythology around you, like, transitioning from a model to an actress, isn't that hard? But back in the day, it was a very exciting story. Mm. Apparently, that's just not true. So, yeah. I don't know, a lot of Cameron Diaz stories coming out of the woodwork right now. I know, now. it's great having her back in the publicity rounds. And look, she's actually going to be back on screen soon in a Netflix comedy called Back in Action with Jamie Foxx. So the Emmy Award nominations for 2022 were released in the early hours of this morning. Yes, I got up and looked at them because I'm such <laughs> I was like, a nerd. I know you woke I up at 3 a.m. Why? Why? My body <laughs> needs to sleep. This is crazy. But it's even more exciting this year, I feel, because we're still very much in the golden age of TV, even mm-hmm. more so than ever before, I would say. So there's so many amazing shows and performers to pick from. Also, the Golden Globes has been showing the door in disgrace. So mm-hmm. that used to also have a lot of attention hype around it. But now that no one's gone going to that. We're just pretending that it doesn't exist anymore. (laughs) The Emmys are more important than ever before. So we're going to get into the best and worst because there were a few good surprises and a few terrible surprises. I think no surprise kind of just looking at the TV shows in general that Succession has the most nominations of any show with 25 nominations. Exactly. (laughs) White Lotus is also up there. And also Squid Game, which is really Mm. um, amazing to see a non-English language speaking show. So many cast awards, so many nominations for the show. I think that's making people people even more excited for season two. But tell me, Mel, what were your best moments from the nominations when you watched them at 3am? <laughs> I did not watch them at 3am, unlike you. I watched them at probably 6am. That's much more <laughs> when normal. my dog woke me up. <laughs> but yeah, look, I'm stoked for Julia Garner because she was nominated for Inventing Anna and Ozark, both shows she was exceptional in. I cannot wait for her to play Madonna. I know it's going to be incredible, yes. even with Madonna behind the scenes pulling the strings. I still think Julia will pull it off amazingly. I was also really happy for Sydney Sweeney because I think she really gets sidelined as a talented actor because she's hot, which, you know, not the worst say, thing to happen. I feel sorry <laughs> for her, but still. But yeah, like I feel like she's really pushed and pushed in Hollywood to be recognised as a serious actor. She was incredible in The Handmaid's Tale, of course, but she's up for a nomination for The White Lotus and Euphoria and she just smashed it in both, but particularly Euphoria. I would really like to see her win for Euphoria in Best Supporting Actress. Yeah, and she put up that video of herself crying in the car when she was telling her mum because I think she thought it was going to be this big emotional moment so she filmed it, but then she just quietly ugly crying (laughs) in the car like all hunched (laughs) over. And I was like, even though it's not good audio for us, I still appreciated that video. (laughs) And speaking of Euphoria, another great outcome is that Zendaya has made Emmy's history. So she obviously won the award for Outstanding Lead Actress in Mm -hmm. a Drama Series last year. And this year she's got her second nomination, which means she's the youngest person to be nominated twice at the age of 25 for that role. And so surely she will win for that. This season yeah. was incredible. Like, if you haven't watched this season of Euphoria, even if you don't like Euphoria, I think just watch the episodes around her drug spiral because she just puts in the most gut-wrenching performance I think I've seen on TV in, like, a long time. Yeah, so she's definitely going to win, which takes the excitement out of that category a little bit. Yeah. It's okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm here for it. I also was really excited about Sarah Paulson getting a nom for Linda Tripp in Impeachment because that aired quite a while ago. Yeah. And I really thought that it would probably get 
overshadowed by all the other big series that have come out since then and other seasons of shows. But oh, her as Linda Tripp and Sarah Paulson in general is yeah, just incredible. She is amazing in that show. But it just made me a little sad for Beanie Feldstein. Oh, Beanie. Who I was she like, she's had the worst week ever. <laughs> I was like, not today, Emmy. She's been through enough. And she obviously put up this amazing photo of herself FaceTiming Sarah and talking about how it was her dream to work with her. So yeah. that was lovely. But I was like, can that girl just not catch a break? I know. <laughs> Look, speaking of other people not catching breaks, Sadie Sink. Very upsetting to see her and actually all of Stranger Things really miss out this year. But I did see a lot of discussion around that being because this season landed right before the cutoff for the Emmy. So I think it just missed out because of timing situations, which is like, come on, Duffer Brothers, release it earlier. Get, yeah, exactly. Get it and usually networks, especially Netflix, who are so on the nominations trail, try and sort of do a little bit of wizardry to make sure that everything lands, mm. if, if they know it's something that could get awards, to make sure it lands in the right spot to get into the voting period. So, and a lot of people were saying like the Dear Billy episode, which mm. is with the Kate Bush song and all that sort yes. of stuff, was almost going to be, if it had landed in the right time period, one of the most awarded television episodes in history because yeah. it would have been up for all the technical awards, the musical awards, the acting awards, mm-hmm. writing, and it would have won everything. So that's why they split that last season because COVID just mucked up all the filming and yeah. stuff. So like maybe we'll give them a pass. In some other good news, Lizzo scored her first Emmy nomination for Best oh, Competition yeah. Series for her. I loved that show. It is such a good show. And we talked about it a lot when it was first announced and when it came out on Amazon Prime on The Spill. And even now, like literally once a week, I'll have a person message me and say, I just got around to watching it and Mm. I'm blown away. One of my best friends was saying that she was just watching it while her husband was working and he just had to put his work away and keep watching the show because he was like, this is amazing. So it's one of those shows, like something for everyone. Yeah, so exciting. So So lovely. I hate to be a downer, but like, no, do it. Go in some snubs. Look, because you know what? Justice for these gals, okay? Mm. Like Andy McDowell, I'm really disappointed that she didn't get a nom for her performance in Made because obviously we saw Margaret Crawley, mm. who's her daughter, get the nomination as the lead and that was well-deserved too. But Andy's performance, to me personally, was way grittier and more complex in that series. And look, I'm happy for Margaret. I think Margaret still deserved the nomination. It's just Andy did too and it's yeah. really disappointing not to see her get that. In a way, I guess it's good that like there are so many women who deserved awards mm. and obviously they can't all fit into these categories. But this is kind of the area where people are most upset. And one of them is for This Is Us, which had yeah. its last season. And a lot of people are upset about the, most of the cast not being nominated and the writers and all that sort of stuff. But Mandy Moore's kind of come out and she has said on social media that she's pretty disappointed, congratulated her husband for getting a music nomination. But I was like, let's not talk about him. Yeah. Because <laughs> usually if you're the lead and also playing like dual roles because she plays like yes. a younger version of herself, an older version. If you're playing a character like that in a show that's this successful for this many seasons, normally at this stage of the game with the last season, you'd be due a kind of an award that is for the show in general. Yeah, yeah. Like the Emmys. Like an all round kind of yeah, congrats well, like, on all of this work. Yeah, well like throw you a bone and she directed and stuff and so that's a huge snub there. And also Selena Gomez. Yes, yes. I've seen a lot about this because obviously Martin Short and Steve Martin. Yep. Yes. I was hard like, to Martin like not say their names together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they both got nominated for Only Murders in the Building, mm. but Selena didn't. But a lot of the conversation around that is that the comedic trio wouldn't work without her and she really held her yeah. own. 
Exactly. And Steve Martin has come out and said that they are very dismayed, that it's his word, that she didn't get a nomination. And it kind of leads into that thing that a lot of young actresses who are in those shows aren't sort of taken seriously and sort of aren't seen to have the same comedy chops as the older male actors that they're working with. So I think that she really suffered with that. Also, Jennifer Aniston Mm -hmm. losing out for the morning show, especially when she had like a good awards run with that show in previous years. Reese Witherspoon was nominated for lead actress in a drama series and Jennifer Aniston was not and a lot of people are kind of thinking that's quite uneven after this last season which Absolutely. got some pretty terrible reviews and but the acting great. was good like but, the, yeah. the story was ugh, but the yeah. acting was stellar as as it has been that whole series and like I think Jennifer Aniston everyone just associates her with friends I think she really has struggled to shake mm. that character and that long career in Friends. And I think Selena Gomez, obviously she is a talented artist, but she's also like a pop artist. And again, this is kind of the first time her acting's really been like, wow, she can really act. Even This Is Us, like that show almost veers into like Sweet Magnolia's territory. Yeah, it's a bit schmaltzy. It's schmaltzy, but it is also really good and there is some really incredible performances in it. And I think this often happens with awards season is that you see these snubs coming from areas where it's just somebody that isn't taken very seriously or a show that's not taken mm. seriously. Speaking of yeah. Yellowstone. Yes. Look, I don't even like Yellowstone. <laughs> I don't know why I'm Controversial. defending it so hard. <laughs> I started it and I just couldn't get into it, even though like everything Western just hook it to my veins. But I don't know what it is. But I can say that Kelly Riley, who plays Beth Dutton, is mm. incredible, missed out on a nomination. But the whole show missed out on nominations. Yeah, like, that is wild because that show has such an intense fan base yeah. and has such good reviews and people are obsessed with Kevin Costner and just the show in general. And so it's weird that it didn't get into that nominations pool with having those big names in it and also having such a huge fan base. Yellowstone is a weird one because it is quite gritty and dark. But again, it's kind of like middle America, Western, like maybe they just immediately see that and go, nah, this isn't serious enough. This isn't about like serious city-based people Mm. issues, you know? Yeah, because I was also surprised that Pam and Tommy got into the mix. So Lily James and Sebastian Stan are both nominated, which isn't super surprising because you kind of take on that role to get nominated. Like Mm. both the Academy Awards and the Academy Academy for the Emmys love when people play real life people when they really change their appearance to look like a famous Hollywood person and they love stories that are kind of about their industry which Mm -hmm. this one is so it kind of did tick every box but also the reviews were kind of back and forth and there was an episode with the talking penis which was amazing oh I think they should get special effects just (laughs) for that penis that was beautiful work especially all the backlash from Pamela Anderson herself I thought that was interesting that they were still giving Lily James an nomination, but fair enough. It's hard. I think there were just a lot of incredibly talented performances by women this year. Yeah, exactly. And you had to have some losses, but it is worth noting that a lot of the backlash today has been around the women that have missed out exactly. and not so much about men that have missed out. Everyone's pouring out one for Julia Roberts for missing out, but you probably can't name that many men. But I'm sure the men are fine. I'm not worried about the men. Oh, no, me neither. So if you want to watch the 74th Primetime Emmy Awards, they will be held on the 13th of September. Well, thank you so much for listening to The Spill today. This episode of The Spill was produced by Laura Brodnick and Gia Moylan with audio production by Rhiannon Mooney. We'll see you at mamamia.com.au and on The Spill Instagram page. Bye. Bye.